0: Thank you for joining us here on the Broncos Podcast Network. I'm Phil Malani, joined as always by Eric Dalala. We are back with another episode of Broncos Country Throwback, this time joining the program, a good friend of ours, a newly elected Hall of Famer, Steve Atwater.
1: Yeah, Phil, Steve is one of the greatest players in Broncos history, and it's appropriate that we're talking to him this week on Broncos Country Throwback. Because as we're recording this, Steve is supposed to be being enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame this weekend. Of course, that was all moved down the road to 2021. But thought this was an appropriate time to catch up with Steve and hear about such a memorable career. And so with that, let's get to Jim Sakamano's conversation with Hall of Famer Steve Atwater.
2: We are delighted to have with us today on Bronco's Country Throwback, Steve Atwater. There are legends within legends. And uh, as John Ford uh, famously uh, had a line in one of his great movies, uh, when the legend is bigger than the fact, print the legend. And we've got a few (laughs) of those players. Steve Atwater is one of them. You know, the funny thing, Steve, is as great a player as you were, and you were. I don't think anybody would doubt or deny that you're a better person than that. You're just a wonderful human being, and nobody would know that you were a player if they didn't already know it. They would just say, "What a great guy that Steve Atwater is." That's not exactly a would question, you? and I realize it's a, it's so positive that it's a setup for you not to not to answer it much. But if you um, You know, if you want to talk a little bit about the values you grew up with, that might be good, because that's what makes us the man we become.
3: Yeah, well, uh, I appreciate those kind words, Jim, and uh, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who don't feel the same way that you do. Uh, Well, hopefully, there's not too many people out there like that, though. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just uh, remember, you know, growing up and uh, my dad, he always just tell me just You know kind of treat people the way that you want to be treated and you know try not to uh not to get too excited when things are going well super good and then when things are going really bad don't you know don't get too low just try to stay right there in the middle and uh that's kind of been my 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 method to the my madness for you know trying to you know stay level-headed and uh you know just try to do the things that i think are the right thing to do and treat people the way that I want to be treated. So, uh, Mm -hmm. it's worked out pretty well. I got some amazing relationships from that. And, uh, you know, I'm a much happier person. Steve, if the situation in the United
2: States of America and the national football league were a little different right now, you would be in Canton, Ohio, right this minute, uh, for the pro football hall of fame. Uh, that must give you an, an odd feeling, but yet, uh, is it's good to know it'll be uh, done right down the road.
3: Yeah, um, I got a call from Bruce Smith earlier today, just uh, kind of sharing those same sentiments. And, you know, we both just kind of really laughed and were appreciative of, uh, you know, us having the careers that we had in the NFL. And as NFL players, you have so much adversity that you have to overcome. You have to have a a mindset that's uh, adaptable. and um you know, I, I'm just happy that uh, I've been able to adapt throughout this situation, and uh, I'm not I'm not worried that uh, the ceremony didn't happen this year because a lot of the Hall of Famers probably wouldn't have been able to make it anyway. You know, some some uh, other Hall of Famers up there in age a bit and wouldn't have been as many fans there. And uh, you know, I think it's just going to be much better when everybody can go out and enjoy it and have a have a great time. So uh, yeah, I don't I don't have any problem with waiting. Uh, I know it's going to be uh, much better next year than if we would have tried to piecemeal it together this year.
2: Yeah, this would have been so tough, and next year is going to be so perfect. It's going to be great, Steve. You know, when you look at the greatness of your career, it just points out once again how hard it is to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know, like everybody everybody who's in seems like they should be a first ballot guy. But it doesn't work out that way.
3: No, it doesn't. And uh, I remember when I re- retired from the NFL, you know, the question popped in my mind. Like, man, was that career good enough for to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? And uh, I, to be honest, I really didn't know. I wasn't sure. Um, I know. I think that team success also has something to do with it. Uh, you know, being on a good team, having good coaches. uh but, um, you know, you also got to play well in those environments. And um, I, I just I wasn't sure if uh, it was enough. And, uh, you know, I became a finalist a few times. And, you know, that's when it started to become a little bit more real that the, it could possibly happen. And uh, I tell you, I know there are some guys who are like shoe-in guys, the, you know, the Troy Palomalos, the, the Ed Reeds, the, uh, you know, Champ Baileys. Uh, John Elway's, but I, I mean, I wasn't one of those guys. And, uh, you know, there are some guys who are like on a whole nother in a whole nother stratosphere and, you know, a, a bunch of guys who are really, really good, but not necessarily in that, uh, super elite group. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, I was one of those players who, who was really good, but, um, I would, I wouldn't say I was in, in a class of like the, the Ronnie Lott and, Ed Reed in terms of the safeties, you know, with all the interceptions and big hits and big plays. Uh, but still it was uh, you know, and a good good career, I thought.
2: Well, I would disagree with one thing you just said. I go along <laughs> with the fact that there may be other players who were more elite. However, when you called yourself real good, that is incorrect. Because real okay, good all right, all right. you never you were never real good, Steve. You were always <laughs> tremendous. And uh, I got a, I'm got. i thinking of two great hits you had, and I wonder if you could comment on them. The first, of course, taking them chronologically, was Monday Night Football, Christian Okoye, the hit. What do you recall of that?
3: Well, every time I think about that hit, uh, you know, I, I can't help but think about it the week leading up to the game and, and you coming to me, asking me if I'd be mic'd up for the game and, uh, I hope got three away, right?
2: <laughs> no, you didn't. Uh, no, but, you were very nice, but you were a little reluctant, but you, you always put the team ahead of yourself and you were a humble guy. So it wasn't like your way to say, Oh, cool. I'll just do that. So we had several conversations. I, I'm glad you went along with it. Of course.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and uh, also just being in the meeting room with Dennis and, and uh, Dennis Smith, just, you know, we were watching film and he said to me, I just remember him saying, we got to, we got we to gotta stay up high when we hit him. We don't want to go for his knees or, you know, we don't want to jump on his back. We want to hit him right in the chest or in the chin. And, uh, and I just said, okay. And, uh, you know, the opportunity opened up and fortunately uh, I was able to, get the best of them on that play. And, you know, we know we played against them several times and that that wasn't always the outcome, but uh, all it took was that one. And I'm I'm surely happy that I came out on the, on the, on the better side of that one.
2: Yeah, that was a legendary hit Mm -hmm. boy. Speaking of Dennis Smith, I don't know if there's ever been a safety tandem as hard hitting as you and Dennis Smith That, that it's possible, but I don't know. That's a, those hits wouldn't even yeah, be allowed today.
3: Those hits would not be allowed. Yeah, I mean people they tell me like, Man, you hit so hard and I was like, Did you watch Dennis Smith? I mean <laughs> I, I watched I and then been on the field with him, you know, I, I learned so much, you know, just about how to kinda accelerate through people and uh but that hurts though, you know, and it takes it takes courage to do that. You you know, everybody can't do it. Uh so some people try it and it doesn't work out too well, but you know, you gotta your body's got to be in great shape and you got to have the right mindset to, you know, just kind of throw your body in, in, in front of a kind of a train, so to speak. And, uh, you know, Dennis did that fearlessly time after time after time. And uh, I'll I just be in games just amazed by you know, by all the different plays mm-hmm. that he made and, all you know, everything that he could do. Uh, just an amazing, amazing player and a great leader as well.
2: Well, he was, and that's kind of you to say. Now, the other hit that I can think of is the time I wouldn't say you irritated Mike Shanahan any, but we're about to win Super Bowl Thirty Two, and you knocked out our defensive backfield.
3: Oh man, yes, and it was the game was getting down where it was kind of a clutch. Oh yeah, big part of the game. And uh, it was third down, I remember, and I had I was responsible for the middle of the field. And uh, Brett Favre he threw the ball to the trip side of the field, and I just remember breaking, and saying, "Oh man, I can't let anybody catch this ball." And uh, and so I just ran full speed, and I just ran into the crowd. And unfortunately, I hit Randy Hillier, <laughs> our quarterback, and uh, and also Robert Brooks. And you know, I obviously, wasn't trying to hurt him, but I just I didn't want anybody to catch that ball. And uh you know, fortunately nobody caught the ball, but the three of us had to come out of the game uh for that final defensive play. And then I was on the sidelines kind of dazed and uh and uh and then uh John Mobley broke up the pass between Brett Favre and Mark Chimura. And uh I looked back at the clock and then it just hit me right then that man, we're we're gonna win this game. We're we're gonna be Super mm-hmm. Bowl champs. And the emotions just, uh, I man, I just was overcome with emotions at that point. And um, you know, and if, if I hadn't gotten dinged on that play, I probably would have known that if we got off the uh, got off the field on the fourth down play, that we would win. But uh, I was a little little, little delayed, but uh, it still was very a very emotional moment um, for us.
2: Now, of course, Terrell Davis was the Super Bowl MVP. It's just a storybook thing in his hometown of San Diego. However, I've always thought that if they did an offensive MVP and a defensive MVP in the Super Bowl, there is no question that you would have been the defensive MVP. You had a great game. That that might have been one of the great games of your career. Uh, Steve.
3: Yeah, it was it was a good game. Um, I dropped the interception. That's the only thing that I can recall. I know it was a lot of good stuff happened, but you know. A lot of people, I'm one of those guys that remembers that, that one play there uh, that could have made it to where it wasn't so dramatic there at the end if I would have caught that interception. Uh, but, yeah, Terrell Davis in the offense, they were so amazing that game. Um, and for me, and I'm sure Terrell would have been the same way, it didn't matter who the player of the game mm-hmm. was. The thing was, we, we got the championship and, um, you know, just a great feeling for Broncos country. All the fans who have been – cheering with us right from 1960 uh man it's just so much so much weight off of their shoulders right off their backs they're so proud of us and you know the teams that have uh got to the playoffs the broncos teams and gone to the super bowl before that man we, we were everybody was on our backs in terms we were all in this thing up together so that win just wasn't just for our team it, it was for all of us and uh yeah, that, that, it, really, it was that was great. the thing that felt the most special about that just knowing that You know, we had been there before, we weren't able to get it done, and, you know, we did it now. And uh, for all those bad times, we got over the hump.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Steve, what are your memories of, you know, you're a senior in Arkansas, you know you're going to get drafted, then you know you're going to get drafted number one, then you do, and it's by Denver. What were your thoughts about that whole situation?
3: well first off i i wasn't one of i didn't know i was going to get drafted in the first round i was just hoping that i would go on the first day and um and i i remember denver had the i think it was the 13th pick and then they traded with the cleveland browns traded down to 20 and i you know i really didn't know what that was all about but um you know, I remember talking to a couple of the scouts at the, uh, when I had my, my workouts at the university of Arkansas, uh, and that, that re- went really well. And then again, at the East West shrine game, we were playing at Stanford and, uh, you know, I always had great interactions, uh, Ron Hill, uh, and Mike Hagan master. I'd never forget those guys, man. Uh, and then, yeah, we had great conversations and, um, Went, once, once the pick came up uh, I got the phone call and I don't even know who all I talked to on the phone. I know I talked to Coach Reeves but I forget, forget who else I talked to on the phone and uh, it I just really changed my life it it it, it was a life changing experience um, I was so grateful I didn't know anything about Denver Colorado. I'd never been to Denver um, and uh, it was a Great situation to come into, though. Uh, And I remember one of the first persons I saw when I came into the building was Carl Mecklenburg, and I was so impressed with just how chiseled he was, how big he was. And, uh, you know, we Carl and I, we've had a great relationship right from the start, and we still to this day have a a great relationship.
2: So, you know, Steve, I remember I was in the draft room when they were discussing uh, we really want to take a safety, and Wade Phillips, who I think was our defensive coordinator, and Charlie Ooh. Waters, our defensive backfield coach. Yeah. yeah. And they were discussing you and another player, and nothing wrong with Lewis that Oliver. player. He had, it was Lewis yeah. Oliver. That's correct. So I my yeah, guy had had a, I had had him at the Pro Bowl in eighty nine. Boy, he was big too. But um but they were talking about you and, and Wade said, you know, either one is fine with me. And then Charlie Waters said, Well, if it's all the same, I'd like Steve Atwater. And then waits till yeah. Steve bathwater is great with me. And, you know, it always comes down to somebody saying a name. And, uh, boy, it's amazing the path, you know, the path that it sets somebody on by somebody just choosing you.
3: Yeah, just like that. Uh, and I always say um, when a person goes into an environment, you never know what it's going to be like and know, never know if it's going to be a good fit but I think that it was just the perfect fit for me. And, you know, the person mm-hmm. system perfect with the coaching, the, all of our, um, you know, relationships were amazing. We got along really well. And I could have gone somewhere else and it could have been just the opposite. And I, I know a lot of players get in that situation where, you know, they may be a good player, but the, the, the situation just isn't a fit for them and they, they aren't able to have a productive career. And I, I feel definitely blessed in that regard that, and you know, I was picked by the right team and the right coaches and, you know, everything just, it, it was, it was like a layup for me. All I had to do was come in and work hard and, uh, you know, good things happen uh, and
2: good things really happened. I remember at the end of that first training camp, uh, Dan Reeves made some devastating cuts and sometimes it just has to happen. But I remember that he cut a team captain, Mike Harden so that you could yeah. start at safety and Mike, of course, a wonderful player and everything, too. But what a comment that is, that you cut a guy who had been a, a captain for you uh, to start a rookie at uh, at safety. And, you know, that was like one of those wow moments. And I remember the press, there were several of them that, you know, but it was like, wow, um, this guy is really good, I guess, you know.
3: Yeah, I, I was surprised by that as well. And uh, you know, just so you know, man, Mike Harden, I remember doing some workouts, you know, after the draft we were able to come up and work out and learn defense and that and Mike Harden, he was just a super professional about, you know, just sharing all kinds of uh things with me about, you know, how to play the safety position, alignment mm-hmm. and, and everything. So it wasn't like because we were gonna be competing that
1: you no, know, he, no, he held was anything great. back.
3: Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, still to this day, there's another guy who, you know, we, we still have have a wonderful relationship, man. And I, I said, it's just the environment that I came into. It was, it was, it was amazing.
2: Now I recall when you came, it seems to me, I don't know if Letha was already your fiance, but it seems yeah. like you, that's, that's really something. I mean, I mean, because we know that, boy, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff in society and lots of arguments and lots of stuff. <laughs> and you guys have had – she's wonderful. And you've been married – gee whiz, Steve. What does that it'll come be to years,
3: It'll be 30 years. It'll be 30 years, December 31st. It'll be 30 years, yes. Well, you know, not to
2: date myself, but Joanne and I are at 50.
3: Why well, Hey, man. Well, uh, this year we're we're never going to catch you. <laughs> well uh, – Congratulations. Well, but thank you.
2: And then congratulations to you. But what I was going to lead to is, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And when you've got values and your wife has values, you have got four kids. Wow. Uh, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Princeton, Georgetown, uh, one of yes. those darn fancy schools, a smaller school in California, your son went to. Yeah, What's Pittsburgh the name of that? College, yeah, Pittsburgh yeah. College. And, 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 yes. and then your daughter is maybe a freshman or a sophomore.
3: Can she even Stanford, be? Is she yeah. a
2: sophomore already at Stanford?
3: Yes, uh, yes, she's going to be a sophomore uh, in the fall when the classes start back. Yeah,
2: boy, that's uh,
3: what a tribute.
2: I mean, that's a tribute well, to to mom and dad
3: as well. well I got to give mom is, more. I got to give mom more credit for that. I mean, you know, well, my, mom deserves a I, lot. I have I have a few smarts, but but she she's definitely. Uh, the one who put a ton of time in with them, teaching them how to how to study and uh, how to think about different things. Um, and yeah, I played a small part, but uh, you know, uh, when whenever we talk about the academics, uh, you know, that that fell from her side of the tree.
2: <laughs> well, you're, you're being modest, but you know what? When you do talk about learning how to study, how to prepare, people often don't realize. How much of life, and of course, you work for Mike. How much of life has to do with taking the skills you have and max It's very hard maximizing all the skills, all the time toward a set goal. That's very difficult.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. And you know, the people who find that love, find that passion, in, in something that they are, are, they're really good at. Uh, those tend to be the people who are not only successful, but the most happiest, uh, you know, the people who are enjoying their lives uh, versus, you know, being forced into doing something that um, you're doing just for the money. Mm-hmm. Now, Steve,
2: you, you, of course, work for the Broncos now, and we, you know, couldn't have a better guy. And that's how fortunate the team is again, but the team, the team in the city are fortunate because you had a great career and you could have lived anywhere in retirement how come you're in Denver still? Which, uh, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't be here. I'm just saying we're really lucky yeah. because, uh, you know, you could be anywhere if you chose to be.
3: You know what? And Like when I finished playing, I played my last year with the Jets, and then I moved to Atlanta. I lived there for like 12 years, and then we moved to the D.C. area for about five years. And uh, in both of those places, I got a chance to, like when I lived in Atlanta, I went to a few of the Falcons games. and um you know, I kind of felt like an outsider. Uh, I know I'd played in the NFL, but obviously I didn't play for the Falcons. And um, and then when I went to the D.C. area, kind of the same thing. I went to uh, a couple of the Redskins games, and it just um, you know, it didn't it didn't feel right. And uh, and once uh, my kids got done with college, and the reason we moved up to the Northeast was because two of my sons were playing football up there—the one at Georgetown and the one at Princeton. And once they graduated, we really didn't have a reason to be up there. And, uh, you know, everyone wanted to move back to Denver, too. So uh, it was unanimous. The whole family wanted to move back here. And, um, you know, so we we started looking for a house. We found a house. And then, uh, you know, Mike Freeman, he had uh, mentioned something about a possible opportunity to come and work with the team. And, you know, once I found the house, uh, you know, I, I called him up and asked him if he was serious. And he said, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we went and talked and, uh, sat down and we get, we got it worked out, man, by maybe 15 minutes and, uh, it was a done deal. And it's just been, uh, been amazing ever since. I'm, I'm definitely blessed to be not only back in Colorado to, but to, to be with the organization. Uh, you know, I just, uh, I, I just can't tell you how, how thankful I am, you know, to, you know, have the relationships, uh, And, you know, a lot of new relationships too and a lot of of the old relationships. But uh, it's just uh, really amazing that, you know, the team would open up its arms to welcome me back in after being gone, especially being gone for so long. But I did come back quite a bit when I was away.
2: Oh, the team, uh, that goes both ways, Steve. I mean, the team is uh, very fortunate to have you also. You know, one of the things that I think is really cool is if you tell somebody you love them, you can do that, but it's up to them to tell you they love you back because they yeah. don't always do it. And the same yeah, thing with point. the team, and I I feel this way myself. You know, like I gave the team my whole career, but it doesn't then have to be nice to me in return. But right. it's really cool when the team loves you, Steve, and the city loves you as much as, as you put out for the city and the team. You know, that's really cool.
3: Yeah, and you know, I I think that really uh, came from you know Mr. Bowling. You know, that's those were the values that he had, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of the people who are in the higher positions uh, in the organization, you know, they they have that same mentality, and uh, it is a, it's a beautiful thing. Yes, uh, it is. I. I I always get emotional when I talk about Mr. Bowman too, but yeah, um, he was a,
2: a great leader, a great man.
3: Yeah, he, he was, he was, and I'm, I miss him.
2: Yeah, we all do. Boy. Um, yeah. There's, there's not much you can say about that. We, we really miss yeah. him every day, every single day. Steve, I thank you so much. You're truly one of the all time great guys, as well as one of the all time great Broncos. You're so deserving of being in the Hall of Fame and I'm I'm glad it happened and uh and I'll certainly look forward to next July or August when, when you're formally inducted. And I can't thank you enough for joining us on Bronco's Country Throwback, Steve.
3: Well, Jim, hey, thank you for having me on. And um, you know, we, we met back in nineteen eighty nine as well, man, and we've had a long friendship over the years and I always appreciate you know your friendship, your your loyalty to the team, and you know just your 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 honesty always. Uh, I really appreciate you, and I uh, hope you and, and the wife or family are all doing well, and look forward to seeing you soon.
1: Phil, that was Jim Sakamoto's conversation with Hall of Famer Steve Atwater, and man, what an impressive career Steve had. Uh, you know, obviously known for his big hit on Christian Okoye, but. So much more than that and a really key piece to those two Super Bowl teams for the Broncos. Excited to celebrate him next year in Canton. Uh, but he's already a Hall of Famer in our books. So most definitely, Eric.
0: And uh, you know, he uh has been a part of our lives the last couple of years as he started working for the Broncos and we've gotten to know him and his family very well. And just uh, you can't say enough good things about Steve Atwater. We know the type of player he was on the field, but he's an even better guy off the field, and uh, it's really just been a, a pleasure getting to know him the last couple of years here. Uh, hopefully, uh, listeners enjoyed this podcast. You can find Broncos Country Throwback wherever you find your favorite podcasts. That's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and now on iHeartRadio, Broncos Podcast Network, Featuring uh, several different shows, including one that uh, Eric and I host called The Neutral Zone. But you could also find Entre Amigos there for our Spanish speaking fans. So uh, make sure to look out for uh, the entire slew of shows on the Broncos podcast network. We'll be back with another member of the Broncos alumni next week. Until then, for Jim Sacramano and Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani. I'm not the one